St. Paul this week, and I still feel a little bad about it. I'm glad that it's doing so well. Yeah, are you? I mean, I guess, I guess if, when we talk about food halls and we talk about like what is their point, uh, we had a question at, I was on a panel this week with Rick Nelson and Mecca Boss and Jason DeRussia. At where? Uh, it was at, it was for the SPJ, the Society of Professional Journalists. Okay. And it was, uh, we were at number 12 Cider House. And someone asked us, what about food halls? You know, and we all kind of like, it was funny how we all hemmed and hawed. Because I think it's still this thing where you don't really know, and it's hard to put a bet on it. And we've heard various things about this place, you know, of Keg and Case, and in terms of, you know, the way that people are using it or not using it. It's going to be a learning curve in my mind anyway, but, like, how Gazta had to change from dropping their sort of wine and cheese bar and they're turning it into, like, a grilled cheese station. And... I've heard people say that they need more places to eat things here. Like they're looking for more like grab food to grab. And I'm like, I thought there's a lot of food to grab and not enough place like things to shop. It's very interesting. If you, I think there's confusion and opportunity for somebody to define food hall because I think people don't really know what that is. I heard a kid on his cell phone as I walked in the door here and it is packed. There are yeah. lines out the door and he goes, yeah. There's just, like, a bunch of places with food. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, well, so when you hear food hall, do you expect food stalls? When you hear food hub, does that feel different? Or I food never even market? hear food hub. Food hub is, like, a very elite side yeah. of nobody says, like, food hub. But, but I mean, like, market, they, they build this place as keg and case market. And so, so then do you people, feel like, are there groceries? Right. Are there... But, like, Midtown Global Market has, like, stores. You can braid your... You can get hair braids, and you can get jackets, and you can get things. So I don't know. Yeah, it is... It is a little unique in how this is defined. But right? I think, like, you know what I mean? Like, having the coffee shop is good. Yeah, the 5-Watt Coffee's here. They've got House of Halva that does something that nobody else is doing with uh, kosher... Halva. Halva, which is a sesame-based product that's a dessert. There's um, Sweet Science Ice Cream Shop. Pimento Kitchen is opening. It's their grand opening today. And they are, there's a line around for that And as if well. you hear that funky Jamaican music in the background, that's why that is. But there's also farm or Forager Farm to Fork. The gentleman Forager and his Mushroom Tower is here. Yeah. You have In Bloom... You have a lot of um, higher-end type of products. So it's kind of something for everyone, but I can see how... And yet there's people complain. I mean, like, maybe that's the thing is, like, there's people who are like, they want it to be more 
grab and go. And then I think there's pizza, there's sausages, there's, I mean, Ice there's cream. sandwiches of now two kinds. I mean, there's Rose Street patisseries here. Today is the first day that they have their farmer's market out on the lawn. We haven't walked through that yet. No, we haven't. I think there's an opportunity for that to be pretty great. We'll see how that all shakes out. Yeah. Um, this is, I think, it's fair to say, too, this is West 7th, this far down, is bringing uh, Saint pa- the downtown closer to towards the airport. This is the farthest thing down on West 7th That's that true. is sort of mass appeal. Yeah. So... That it's evolving and trying to figure out what the neighborhood is down here, I think, is understandable. Yeah. And how do you define success? Like, is success that people are coming and shopping multiple times? Is success that you're a destination where people from all over the Twin Cities are coming? Is it different place on the weekends and maybe it is during the week? Like, are the people in the neighborhood coming to the coffee shop, grabbing some donuts and heading out? Like, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, I don't know either. That's a, Those are all interesting questions. And I think when you consider this place, I do think the location is different, too, because it is not in a highly trafficked foot no, area. And yet, uh, you know, it's not too far from the downtown. And it's residential, but it may not be residential for, I mean, like, it may not be the demographic necessarily that will go to a lot of these places. Yeah. So that's a question. And do you, like, you have to walk from downtown or Uber. Like, it's it's two or three miles. You have to drive. It's far. You can't yeah. walk from downtown. Yeah, yeah. Right. You can't even scoot, really. It's no. far enough. But so, I feel like, yeah, and then I feel like, you know, In Bloom is definitely a higher-end restaurant. And is it getting the same traction? Is it just bringing a different base? Is it is it providing is it providing to the mix, or is it suffering from the other lack of, like, minded places i would have to say probably both yeah i, I think know. they're bringing a new clientele here i think they are probably suffering that there maybe aren't more people in their wheelhouse on that higher end and if that's not what's resonating and people are making adjustments we'll just have to see how that goes for them so the big next food hall is gonna i mean well they've been talking about it being the dayton's project downtown i and i swear to god that's never gonna open i know well, i that's just the have question. no i like you have I no don't faith know. Do you, I mean, I don't know. Do you feel like it's happening? Well, here's, I think there's other ones that are going to happen before it, actually. I think the Malcolm Yards is, I think, finally under construction a little bit. That's the one right across from Surly Brewing. Yeah, but that has been a year or more. They talked about opening after the Super Bowl, and that is not it. And then there's uh, one in the North Loop called Gray's, I think, or something. Yeah, and that one's kind of interesting because that seems more like a food commissary. It is seems a food court. It is only just restaurant kiosks. Our friends at uh, Flag Smash, my favorite quesadilla place, is going in there. Oh, and that'll be four restaurants that each have their concept kind of in a uh, a place where people can come and they can move chefs in and out of there. And no, that's a keep different fresh. one. That's a whole different one. Okay, that's wow. That's the incubator one. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, so and I, that one is called the Grady or something like that. But this one is Gray's, and this is the one that's been ta- they've been talking about. But it is going to just be restaurants. There's not going to be any, like product to buy there and do you need a um like outside of just restaurants like revolution hall which is a mall food court and a commissary kitchen where all these concepts are basically coming out of one kitchen yeah it's just a bunch of ideas so we have midtown global market yeah we have keg in case 
We have the Dayton's Food Hall. It's hard to know if each of these things are even supposed to be like the other. You know what I mean? Well, that's kind of also the question. And for me, I don't want to see... What I would love to see is some singular places. Like, I want a place that I can know that I can go and get, like, dumplings. Or I want to go get... And I was saying this. If we had, like, a kitchen, like, a counter space that had, like... Burmese food, or you know what I mean, like that you can't find anywhere else in Something Twin Cities. Something very yeah. unique. I don't want to have food halls that have the same people doing the same things as they are everywhere else. You know what I want, and I I love that food market in Milwaukee in the Third Ward. I want a market like on the East Coast, like I had in Baltimore, where it's part farmers market, but then there were other places to quick quick eat. So, like, there'd be the fish market, there'd be the cheese market, the meat market, a produce stand, a fruit stand, and interspersed, there might be a place to grab some oysters. There'd be a place to grab some chicken wings and a beer. I think they all want to be that, but they can't do it because it's not the same. Um, I think that our grocery system here is pretty big, and it's that's the way that people shop. And so I think that there's they can't... There, you know, when you consider like Market House Collaborative over in St. Paul, that's technically a market where they you can walk in and you can buy seafood or you can buy meats from them, baked goods, yeah, from salty tart, and like that's. But they're not. That's not where they're making their monies. People aren't in that frame. I think. It, I think they might be more if they if it was a fuller experience like here. Like if if these guys had done that, I think they had wanted to do that. But I don't think there were like people to come for that. It feels, it's very interesting that you say that because it feels like real specialty, real specialty food. If you're going to a special meat market, a special fish market, I don't think people shop like that here where you're, they, people here like go and do the big grocery shop and then maybe they fill in if they're making something for that meal. Yeah. It seems like on the West and East coast, you're shopping almost every day for your fresh stuff. And then you're only doing that big shop, like, if you could maybe get out to the Target or wherever, because that's not super convenient in the city. Also, no. in those cities, they shop at, like, CVS and Walgreens for all of the stuff we go to Target for. I know. Yeah, no, I think there's there's definitely a difference, but it's also because our grocery stores, we have had Lunds and Byerly's and Kowalski's create for us these, like, chandelier, luxury-driven. So People nice. in Chicago don't. I remember they. It was just like they. They didn't understand. Like, wow, look at all of uh, that you have here, and Fire it's like Lease. we don't have. They have like Jewel Oscos. Nobody has what we have, so it's hard to like break out of that. Growing up, Byerly's was like our happy place for our mom. Yeah, and we would just love grocery shopping. Really, and we had a big family, but we would spend like three hundred dollars on groceries, and I remember just being like, ah. And then it felt like the food was gone in two days. Yeah. Because we would just eat, you would eat everything. Every, my God, the day that you get home with, like, groceries and the kids are all, like, they look at their fridge as if it's, like, like it's actually full. And then it's just like, oh, my God. It's a full buffet of anything yeah. you want. Uh-huh. If you could have your optimal market or haul, what would it, what it, what would it look like to you? Because you work downtown, and I think that's a different marketplace, too. I do, too. And I think that if they did do something downtown that was, uh, I, you know, I don't know. Do I you want to, like, eat? Do you want to buy food for the evening? Do you want to pick up a bottle of wine all, like, in one spot? Maybe. Maybe. It'd I don't awesome. mind. 
I wouldn't mind like having. I mean, a lunch counter service would be great to have Remember a ton Dayton, of lunch counters. Just Dayton's, like that downstairs yeah. espresso area was. But I never did a lot of that though. Oh, I loved it. I down know, there. and I didn't. I mean, you know, we went up to the salad bar, the Sky Room, and all that kind of stuff. But we didn't really. I don't know. I think in my 10 years, like, it just was like, if you're going to walk that far, because you do have to walk by a ton of stuff in the Skyway already. And for me, it's like a timing thing. I'm like, I got an hour, maybe. I eat the salad in my building because it's in my building. You know what I mean? And so, uh, I don't know. I would love it if, but if there was a place, I also do travel for, like, I know the best sushi place that's not in my building. And I know the best, like, place to get hot food, like, hot when it's really cold and you want, like, a spicy Tom Yum. I know where to get that. The whole idea of Skyway dining, because I lived in the Skyway for a little bit with my dad, and we would eat in the Skyway a lot for lunch. You know, that's a weird business model because it's breakfast and lunch, and then it's a ghost town. So you have to make your business model. Like, you're not even going to be open past 2 o'clock. No, but then there's now places like Babuda, actually. Billy's, uh, he wants to keep it open to happy hour and serve cocktails. And there is a bar not too far from me in the Fifth Avenue building that has, uh, there's a bar in the Skyway. And so you walk in, it's called Sphere Lounge, and it's busy at That's, happy hour. That sounds interesting. Yeah. If you're on the way home and you just stop yeah, there I for mean, a like, bump before. And we do that. We definitely do that at work. We go down to our, you know, our building we have Atlas, and we go and sit at that bar sometimes. And then some, now that Julia is there in the Hotel Emery, which is two blocks from us, we go there. I'm such a boring worker because I don't have, like, work people anymore. Yeah. I'm, when you work independently, it's hard. Yeah, and I'm at the university club. I have an office there, but I'm not there a ton. And we don't, like, just go hang out for the happy hour at the bar down there, though we should. It's uh, perfectly Yeah, nice. you have a bar in your space. <laughs> I know, and I don't go you there. You should be working at the bar. I have worked at the bar with Todd Walker once or twice. Yeah. Just, you know, Just as, the things. as one does. No, I think that if I think about the markets across the country that I've really loved and appreciated, you know, I know that they all have their challenges. I mean, the Reading Terminal Market in Philadelphia, to me, is like the yardstick for it all. And that's been there for hundreds of years. Yeah. So it's hard to sort of, like, that has built its economy and it has its places and they all know what they're doing. And, you know, I mean, I remember a sandwich I got from a little sandwich guy and I was like, oh, Oh, my God. Here's what I will say that I think makes this one, the Milwaukee Third Ward market in particular, very successful. And this is just Wisconsin in general. Every place has like a three to eight seat counter and they all serve beer and you can walk around. Yeah. Like, I think that that has been the kiss of death for the Midtown Global Market. Oh, yeah. You need to be able to be in an adult in an enclosed environment and you should be able to walk from within that closed environment with a beer in your hand. Let me tell you that I was talking with uh, Lisa Carlson of Chef Shack, and she was telling me the difference of doing business in Minneapolis or in Minnesota versus Wisconsin, because Bay City is Wisconsin. Yeah. And she's like, oh my God, it is so much easier to do business oh, in I'm Wisconsin. Sure of that. She's saying a, t- a liquor license in Minneapolis is $10,000. Do you want to know how much it is in Wisconsin, Bay City? $500. 600 bucks. That's ridiculous. $10,000 for that. You know what I mean? Like, there's this weird control that we have, and there's this, like, sort of nanny state sometimes I think we do. (laughs) The nanny state. I love that. Oh, God. And that's just like, well, you can't have your drinks. You can't walk around with it because you don't know what you're going to do. So I'm going to keep you in this little pen. Yes. I think that's dumb. 
we're becoming all nanny states. Don't even get me started on my latest political rants. But, it, I mean, you know, I know there's a lot of intricacies, and I don't mean to boil it down to that kind of simplicity. But Do you think this is kind of a very weird uh, relationship cause thing to make, but I'm going to go for it. Do you think, like, the food truck... I mean, really, four years ago, food trucks, that's all we talked about on our radio show forever was the food trucks and the food truck fairs, and everyone was so excited about the food trucks. And you don't hear that much about the food trucks anymore. Is Was that, like, the food market of its day? Because you had all these car, trucks in a collective space, and people were going there and having different concepts? Well, and we do talk about that in terms of in the warmer places, that's, that is their thing where they all park in a big parking lot and you have picnic tables yeah. and yeah. honestly if you think about what we saw today so we were at Arter World earlier and we drove by uh, a space where there was a bunch of food trucks parked and then they had all of the art stuff was going on they had a life band there was a fire pit going it looked pretty welcoming like I would have like if we hadn't had other things to do I would have parked and been like Let's go hang out there. Yeah. Like, and that's where you can, like, get a couple things to bite. You can walk around and do your shops or whatever. You can listen to some music. Like, that's a perfect endeavor in my mind. But we don't have that on a regular scale anywhere. This is probably the closest to that. Yeah. Like, in case. I mean, but there's I mean, people you, I here. I think you're right. The harder part, though, is that a brick and mortar like this will cost more. And that's why food trucks were always, it was a low cost to entry to start a small business, which is like why Ola Arepa started as a food truck. Right. You know what I mean? And so having those start out that way, especially post-recession in 2008, that was when it all sort of started to bubble. And then, you know, food trucks kind of came out of that because it was like people couldn't open restaurants. So they thought we can at least, you know, get into food trucks. And then that is sort of like had its own battle because then it's like, where do you park and what's your permitting and do you have to fight for your space? And then... Where are the people going? And is it more lucrative to be at the breweries? But now the breweries are starting to treat food trucks badly. They're starting to charge them instead of using them as like a, a collaborative thing. I didn't hear that. Yeah, there's a little, and I'm, I haven't figured out all this stuff yet, but I have heard from a couple people that they, food truckers, that they are tired of the breweries because the breweries are now starting to demand a percentage of sales. Huh. Instead of seeing it as an amenity that then draws people to your tap room, they're starting to see it as, well, you're making all this money and you're on my space. Huh. I know. The, uh, the, con- the um, what is it called? Uh, not communism. The capitalism, capitalism is starting to well, I mean, take if over you think for about the it, community good cooperative yeah, the collaborative feelings. everything. I know. Well, think about today. Like our parking lot, we were at uh, Anamali's Barbecue and Abel Brewing. And we part. We couldn't park in the normal parking lot that is always free because of Artawil. It's ten bucks today, which, which is smart. It's yeah, smart, and There's, I don't begrudge them that on a big day like. No, I don't either. That. But it's, it is funny because it is you forget. Like that is the way of the world. What I'm not forgetting is looking over at this couple that has got their pimento jerk chicken bowl. Yeah. Uh, it looks like some delicious jerk pulled pork, and they've got ting. There's nothing better than ting good, and vodka. Spicy ting. <laughs> I just like ting as itself. I actually oh, don't so like good. to amp it, but I do love that grapefruity like cut through of all the spiciness. Yeah. Actually a bucket of red stripes would be perfect with that. Well, I've never met a bucket of red stripes I didn't like. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that the other day. Someone was asking me, like, well, you guys talk so much about drinking. And just to be fair, I, I mean we talk about drinking probably twice as much as we actually do it. Well, talking is easy. 
I mean, quite honestly. No one's liver could sustain yeah, the, I the mean, level like, of. Well, like, I can have one drink and then I can talk about it four times, too. That's the other yes. thing. Like, I don't drink as much as I talk. I talk way more than I drink. And boy, have we been talking Oof, a lot. I know. And that's <laughs> the thing is, like, I don't, I, I don't, I have actually, I mean, without, like, talking about cutting back because I hate people who proselytize their sobrieties on you and make you feel like a jerk for drinking. But, I mean, I've cut back only because of. I haven't had time to, like, go sit and hang out at a place and have, yeah. the, like, a drink. This is your busy work season. Yeah, I'm in, like, a bit of a throes right now. When does your work season kind of calm down? It doesn't down? actually calm down ever. <laughs> That's the funny part. I mean, if you consider the fact that I'm working on right now, we're trying to get the July issue to print, and then that means that I'm already working on the August issue, but then that will all also roll into... Back to school. Well, and I mean, then the fair. Yeah. And having to get ready for because the fair, while you're promoting your August issue, then you have to start promoting the fair. And doing all of that's a whole other thing. And then we roll into, yeah, you roll into September and October is normally a food cover. And then November is usually it's best new restaurants. And yeah. then December is best of. Oh, it's so weird to think about your life and that you're like, you're 60 days ahead of everything. Yeah. So... You're a good radio partner in that way because you're already thinking about State Fair and I'm still just like waiting for the buds in the ground yeah. to grow higher than an inch because it's been so cold this spring. I know. I know. It is. It's, but it's good and evil. You know what I mean? Like that's the other part. I was talking with Rick Nelson and I was saying that it's, uh, that's the hard part. It's like he has the ability to get stuff out there very fast. Yes. And we don't. Including you know? his four-star review of Demi. Yeah, I haven't read it. When was the it. last time he gave a four-star review? Do you know? Uh, it's been I, a while. I don't think it's been that long. I feel like he gave one to... Maybe to In Bloom? I think he did give one to In Bloom. Um, I actually have a reservation for Demi for June 19th for my wedding anniversary. Oh, you got one? Yes. And our friend Miles, who's like, he's always on it. He had to call them and like give them the whole speech about my husband's allergic... My husband's allergic to wine and fermented fruit. Yeah. So he had to like go through like no balsamic vinegar, no wine. You can use lemon juice. You can use straight vinegar, but no apple cider vinegar. And I was wow. just like, whoa, I, if they can accommodate all that, that's impressive. Wow. Well, they so, have enough time so they can figure yeah, it out. We'll have to see. It's harder. You would think to have to be able to show up. You know what I mean? And have that sort of situation. Yes. And I think, you know, they did a good job of asking in advance. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff my husband can eat. But when you think about acidity of sauces and that kind of thing, yeah. it can be challenging. So my my friend Miles said, I've told them about your, um, what did he call it? Your psychosis. That's right. what he called it. Your food psychosis. Not your food allergy, your psychosis. Because... That's- it's a super weird thing that happens to him. He gets jittery legs for days. Yeah. And he can't sleep. Right. And it's so funny because I use the salad girl salad dressing a lot. And the, I look and the top ingredient is um, rice, rice wine. So I'm like, or rice vinegar. So I'm like, you're fine. We can have this. And then he kept saying like, no, I don't think I can. I don't think I can. So we got into it one day and we brought every bottle of the dressing I have out. And there's one that has further down in the ingredient list apple cider vinegar in it. Uh, and that's the one I was using for him. And yeah. he can't have it. And he could tell. He could tell. And it's so far down on the ingredient list, there had to be like a trace amount in there. Wow. But they have one that doesn't have any of that that I use a lot, toasted sesame. But the one I had been using, the lemony herb, 
And he was like, I have not been sleeping. I, there's something in the dressing. Wow. I know. It's crazy. Well, he's got to be tuned at this point. Oh, you know what I mean? He's a very finely tuned machine, you know? <laughs> Good, oh, bad, or otherwise. Good, bad, or otherwise. Yes. All, All right. right. Let's wrap it's it up. It's been a great week. <laughs> See you next time. See you. Ciao.